Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. Hello. Just me and you tonight. Just the two of us. Um, dream team. Dream team. Yep. Dream team. We said <laughs> out loud, but yeah, dream team. Uh, Aaron and John can't join us tonight. Um, they have, they're dealing with family um, issues. So yes. we'll, we'll wish them all the best. And yes, wish them all the love and all. All the love and hopefully everyone gets better soon and, 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 and send out our, our love to everyone. So fingers crossed. Um, but we are without them tonight. Um, so Dave, me and you will try our best to um, finish off the, the end of the 2021-2022 Elite Ice Hockey season. Uh, in style as best we can um, and try and cover as much as possible um, we're going to be uh, a lot of just me and you in this this po- uh, the podcast going forward I think with uh, be. Yeah. Yeah, new, the season, uh, season ticket holders you know. yeah yeah. yeah. We, uh, and, and that, that'll come up in our, in our word time. You're, it's as if you're like you're already preempting what I'm going to be saying but yeah we'll be talking about uh, the, the season tickets uh, coming into the um, into our overtime segment just at the end of our show um, because I have a couple of questions um, and some couple of things that have popped up and a few things that have, have obviously reared their head over the last few weeks in relation to the the Belfast Giants season tickets, shall we say, anyway. Um, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. Um, so hold that thought and we'll get talking about that later on. But yeah, as you say, um, and as I've mentioned already, the 2021-2022 Premier Sport Elite Ice Hockey League has come to a final end. Obviously, in our last recording, we discussed the fact that the Belfast Giants clenched the championship, winning the league. Um, but that left us then towards the last part of the week uh, of the season, which was the playoff finals weekend, um, which we knew um, going into our, from after our last episode, we knew where that lineup was going to be and who was going to the playoff final weekend, uh, which seen obviously the Belfast Giants taking on Dundee Stars um, on the Saturday and Cardiff Devils taking on the Guildford Flames on the Saturday. And the final then coming in the form of the Cardiff Devils versus the Belfast Giants uh, in the playoff final on the Sunday. Uh, Devils, well, unfortunately, but uh, Devils for the Devils fans, happily for the Devils fans, but for the Giants fans, unfortunately, the uh, the Giant uh, the Devils did defeat the, uh, the Giants in the playoff final uh, game on that Sunday. Um, Dave, I think I'm right in saying, I mean, the game itself. Let's let's quickly go across it. You know, obviously the uh, the. The, the Devils obviously scraping through winning, uh, a win this um, for the playoff final weekend. Obviously, um, that helps them kind of ease this kind of poor season that they've had to date. Um, you know, I think this takes the pressure off a bit um, for for them, for the Devils, in terms of obviously still putting out a bit of a trophy. Um, totally. You know I mean, yourself, uh, we've been in that situation uh, going through a season that maybe has been a bit lackluster. And I was, I've been talking to... Uh, non-hockey fans and hockey fans uh, and in, in my work and across my work's uh, global footprint and saying to people that four wins wins you a major trophy they're shocked they're not they're just like how is that considered a major trophy yeah um and it really and and, and yes okay it's it's our playoffs it's how it's structured it's not going to change the final weekend such a big uh, a big event um it's not going to change in that aspect um but the the idea of, of you know deciding a trophy in in four games well yeah four games uh, is unheard of uh, now okay yes you have to qualify but it's only two teams miss out on that qualification so but 
the the devils to be to be fair to the devils the, the their position in the league doesn't reflect the quality of that team um i think it probably reflects the turbulent year they've had with mm. uh, losing a losing their coach and um they had a, a rake of in, uh, injuries at the start of the season especially with their uh defenseman um i'm not going to hazard a guess how to pronounce it the finish fella um he was out for a chunk of the season uh, especially in the challenge cup final um, so they lost uh, big core players um, at really critical times for them, and that had a knock on their season. They were, in my opinion, the second best team in the league. Um, the Giants, by far, was the best. But any given Sunday, we talked about this before, if that had been over a, a three-game, five-game series, uh, I think the Giants would have won that. Um, yeah. And the the score doesn't really reflect the the game. It was really a one-goal game. I was I was um, just about to ask that question. Obviously, the final score of the, on the day was six three to the Cardiff Devils, but that that scoreline is a bit, uh, you know, it's it's a bit inflated if you think about you yeah. know uh, we were we within the last two minutes, so we pulled the, you know they went for the man advantage because obviously we pulled our uh, we pulled um, Besco um, to yeah. try and bring, bring the extra man on the ice to try and um, score you know get claim back that goal, but they got two empty net goals at the end you know within the two, yeah, the final you, two you minutes. Have to just, it's not the and. and to be fair to uh, Adam and the, the team, that stage in the season, you, you, you're better just throwing it at the wall and seeing what happens. You know, it's worked for us in the past and it could have, if it had worked for us again, it would have been a, um, a storybook moment, but it just didn't, it just doesn't happen. Um, but you could sit there with Besco in and still not get that goal. Um, you know, you, you know, was it no, um, nothing ventured, nothing gained, you know, you're better, you're better taking that chance, um, especially when it comes down to a single game. Uh, that's, that's you know that's the way to do it especially with uh, the likes of Carruth in net you just have to get as many angles on him as possible and hopefully break him down so yeah I mean, as as Meatloaf sang once, uh, two out of three ain't bad, and that's exactly what happened with the Giants. They, you know, they put like two out of three trophies. You know, you can't be bad to that. Um, and I know as much as I complain about the Challenge Cup, it is arguably more difficult to win than the. Well, it's not arguably; it is more difficult to win than the playoff trophy. Um, and the league is the hardest thing, probably the one of the hardest trophies in the hardest trophy in ice hockey to win. And like you know, apart from the likes of the Presidents Trophy in the NHL, you know, you're nobody else really cares about their league. Even nobody in the NHL cares about the league. Um, so this having having such a weight, especially getting you the uh, European uh, spot, it's it's such a big big trophy. Yeah, and that's just the just the way it is. Like I would rather I'd rather take the league than the playoffs any day of the week. Yeah, and you mentioned it there, and that was my next point as well. It was just obviously the by the Devils, um, you know, securing that that playoff win. It also secures them a position in the uh, in the uh, Continental Cup next year. And um, they will be playing yes. in the Continental Cup, and the Belfast Giants will be playing in the Champions Hockey League. Um, so the Giants will be starting their season earlier this next season um probably around about august time compared to the rest of the teams um so we probably will see more action coming up to that um in, in early august i suppose um this year um and the obviously the continental cup then will be later in the year around about october november time for the cardiff cardiff devils to go off to europe to to play play in that 
in that competition um dave we have a lot of stories in the elite league um, which we have to cover in period one um and i when i say a lot of stories i mean a lot of stories um so what i'll do is uh, we'll switch our attention across to the nhl across the pond um and get a quick rundown since our last episode um if that's okay with you um yep. obviously since our last recording the league the general league there um has come to an end and the uh play- playoff spots and playoffs have actually already started the first playoff games have started in the last two days as of recording um, just to give a final rundown of the standings and who ended up where um, before we move on to the playoffs themselves. Uh, we'll look at the Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division. Carolina clinched the first place there with 82 games played and 116 points. New York Rangers came second with 82 games played and 110 points. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, 82 games played and 103 points. All three obviously securing a spot in the playoffs. In the Atlantic Division then, Florida Panthers uh, took top spot, top top seed in there with 82 games played and 122 points toronto came second in 82 games played and 115 points and tampa in third with 82 games played 110 points the two wild card spots then taken by boston and washington um we should just mention for uh the sake of uh prosperity uh, prosperity sorry um and also because you know aaron is a philly fan uh philadelphia did finish uh ninth place uh in the conference um probably not the best place to be finishing but uh good for it probably a good draft spot and a good draft pick um in the upcoming draft uh next in two months time i think it is no next month two months time and whatever in the next month or so um crossing the water across the other side of the country and over the western side and the central division colorado took first place with 82 games played 119 points minnesota came second with 82 games played and 113 points and st louis third with 82 games played and 109 points pacific division then calgary came top with 82 games played 111 points uh, the edmonton oilers in second there with 82 games played 104 points and los angeles uh, in third place with 82 games played 99 points to come back to the playoffs for the first time i think i seen in about six years i think i think i read somewhere today maybe i'm wrong but i think it was something like that statistic today that i read um wild card spots then taken there by dallas and nashville just about as well i should just mention nashville were just on the cusp um of, of a nashville of a, of a spot um just to john i think john sweated a wee bit there in that last few <laughs> that last run in for the last few games um but they were able to clinch that spot um as i mentioned the playoffs um stanley cup playoffs have officially started um as of this week um i think all first games have been played as of today um and the second games will be played some second games are playing being played tonight um just to kind of give you a quick run through of the stanley cup playoffs and who's facing who um to kind of give you a bit of an idea so that first spot um We've got the uh, Preds taking on the Avalanche. Uh, we have Minnesota Wild taking on the uh, Blues. We have Calgary taking on Dallas. Oilers taking on LA. And across on the other side, we have Florida with against the Capitals. Toronto Maple Leafs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Carolina against Boston and then we've got New York Rangers versus the Pens. Uh, my thing is my happiness I suppose the part of me that makes me a bit happy and a bit more like ah, sigh, a bit more sigh of a relief is that if uh, Toronto do advance uh, it would be at least the third round before they could possibly see Boston <laughs> so <laughs> fingers crossed I'm hoping that uh, Boston get put out before that point just because Blackhawks they didn't do... make it to the playoffs so- sorry Blackhawks didn't make it to the playoffs no usually who put the wild <laughs> <laughs> see uh so you've got you haven't got a boogie team i mean um oh well <laughs> we, 
<laughs> Should we talk about the first games uh, uh, so Might far? Well, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll get my misery out of the way quickly. Yeah. So the as we well, uh, as I know, um, as I'll let you all know. So the Wild went into this game, um, uh, the first game of the series, haven't only beat beat the Blues once um, this season, one out of five, um, and it didn't seem like that was going to change in this first game with a four nil defeat, um, which was. Painful. Um, well, unfortunately, I've only ever seen. I only seen the highlights. Well, or fortunately, I've only seen the highlights. Um, but here's you know this is why we do the the best of seven. So let's see who can can turn it around. You never know. Maybe the wild will pull it back together. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Uh, in terms of Leafs, from a Leafs point of view, um, the second game is on tonight, which hopefully I will maybe catch. Um, but the first game which took place on Monday night. Um, Toronto beat... I, I, I was surprised. I, I did not expect to see the scoreline that I seen. Um, Toronto taking that first game 5-0 against the um, against Lightning. Um, it was a... Uh, well, we'll be talking about it later on because obviously there, there will be a, a moment in our penalty box segment which will refer back to this game, yeah. um, which we will talk about. Um, but there was, let's just say, there was a lot of aggression, a lot of... Uh, it was very aggressive bloody game um and uh it was a very dominant performance from toronto which was uh i'm not saying surprised but it was not expected i was not expecting that so we're leading uh one 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 uh one game um in the series but obviously still another six games to play um let's hope leafs can put it to bed before it gets to that point but um we we all know the lightning are, are a good dominant team and, and have great performance so i doubt we'll we'll walk it i'm sure there'll be lightning will fight yeah. back uh, over the next the preds the preds didn't have the most uh um interesting first game they uh conceded five goals in the first period ending with a 7-2 result so yeah. at least they scored the wild couldn't even manage to do that so. well you know it's okay <laughs> we've got another game we've got a couple more games to go don't you worry um Dave, again, I think that that will take us to the end of our roundup for the Stanley Cup as well. Um, and I think, as I mentioned before, we've got a lot to cover. So if it's okay with you. What we'll do is we will get we'll round off our preamble, our pregame, and we will stick get stuck straight into our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of all of the stories that are coming out of the UK and the UK ice hockey scene. Um, Dave, as I've already alluded to in our, our pre our pre our preamble, our pre-game, um, we have a lot to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been so much change, so much so much has happened since the um since the season has came to an end this past Sunday. Um, a lot of changes. Some of those changes were announced we should say a couple of those there's one 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 story we are going to talk about here which happened prior to the playoff week, final weekend which we just we haven't had a chance to talk about yet because obviously we haven't recorded since then um but what we should mention as well i just wanted to start off this period by um obviously mentioning the playoff final weekend was obviously this past weekend but on t- as well as the elite ice hockey playoff weekend we also had the nihl national playoff final um this past weekend as well in which the sheffield steel dogs um became or uh, they uh, beat the milton Keynes lightning to win the the national playoff um championship um they won that game 4-1 uh, in the final and that was held in coventry in the skydome arena uh, we usually do find that um i know uh, Obviously, we're we're not experts in when it comes to the NIHL. There's other um, 
you know there's other podcasts and people who cover it who do a far more superb job than we do um, but <laughs> we do touch upon it because obviously it is of interest and we kind of it always does catch our attention um, but I know there was a lot of talk around the fact that and we'll we'll come back to probably attendance and and stuff later in this podcast because this question's been asked of us for our overtime segment which so we will come back to it but um i mean you know obviously we've seen that there was a bit of a and maybe the people who maybe were in attendance in coventry can maybe give us a bit of a like enlighten us about how how it was for them you know the the playoff weekends usually are separate they usually fall on separate weekends so usually we have the uh, elite league playoff final weekend happens one week prior to the NHL playoff weekend. So there's usually is a bit of a, a separation, which means that if any player, anybody, any fans who follow an NHL team um, wishes to go to the playoff weekend, who's also maybe a fan of one of their other elite league teams. So if, say, for example, in this case, you have, you know, the Sheffield Steelers, and the Sheffield Steel Dogs, you know, maybe some Steelers fans are Steel Dogs fans and, you know, vice versa. It's it's one of those ones where you know would it have an impact because obviously the weekend um fell on the same weekend so I mean it's a question we could put out there um so maybe someone could give us a bit of a heads up and let us know how the attendance was for that for the NIHL playoffs yeah. but I, I didn't see any um any details of the attendance um but um I would I would say it was probably better attended than the um, the elite league one but. Uh quite possibly yeah we will get into that but um yeah massive massive congratulations to the steel dogs who um secured the the nhl the nihl playoff um final weekend um and final trophy so um fair play to them uh stick tap and congratulations so i just want to quickly mention that before we moved on we do have a couple more stories coming out of the nhl later on in this period um to talk about so um we will get back to that uh starting off let's go with the first story um that came out as a bit of a no surprise because we talked about this um in our previous podcast um there was a, a an interview held with the the panthers owner neil black um in which he made it very clear and uh, he made it alluded he alluded to it made it very clear and there was no hesitation in what he was saying at the time he alluded to the fact that uh to set if the things didn't go you know better shall we say if things didn't improve over the course of the few weeks the run up to the playoffs obviously didn't work in their favor you know they didn't make the playoff final weekend which was shocking for everyone you know both Sheffield Steelers and also the Nottingham Panthers didn't make it to that weekend um and as a result Doucette has been released and parted ways with the Nottingham Panthers this was announced on Monday following the playoff final weekend um I mean we knew it was coming but was it a surprise Dave I mean it's a it's a funny one. Yes, we knew it was coming. I didn't I didn't see his signing coming. Um, whenever it did happen, what the two thousand nineteen, mm. um, he seemed like a strange choice to me then. And if I'm not right, if I'm not wrong, he came straight off a like a playing season. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was seemed a bit of a big jump to take a take a jump straight to the back room. Yes, okay, he maybe does have experience in that and, and all that jazz. Maybe I don't know. Um, you know, nobody knows whatever he does in their personal life. Maybe he's, you know, a lot more management experience than I ever ever knew. But it's a very different uh role, even from a coach. Um, and it's something I think coaches have to grow into. Um, or even just even people have to grow into that. GM, head of hockey operations, his director of hockey. Um I know that they've come up with a new title again um, later on, which we'll talk about. But it's less okay. Yeah, it's still hockey, but it's less hockey, more business. Mm. It's more um, you know, long term planning 
than short term. Um, and to me, they only have he's only had one season, really. Yeah. Um, with COVID and everything. Um, and you wouldn't really call the what was it the Elite Series? You know, it was a you know a league in a bottle. You know, it wasn't really a proper proper league. Um, you wouldn't really call it one. Um, so you had one season. Yes, they underperformed. He picked the coach. Yes, but again, how much of it was actually the coach's fault as well? It is just a bit of a mismatch. Um, I think it's unfair, uh, really, to get rid of anybody in that sort of role after one season, especially the season he had. But the uh, it's just. We know Nottingham, if they don't succeed or they don't have at least um, the visibility of succeeding, you know, the competitiveness and uh, challenging, um, they're, they're not going to hang about with people. They, you know, we, they used to have that old revolving door of players whenever they used to have issues. Um, so hopefully the same thing doesn't happen to the next one uh, because he's a f- favourite of ours um, uh, and, uh, you know, just what it is yeah yeah and let's 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 get into that in terms of what's happened next uh at the same time um on monday obviously when the when the nottingham panthers announced the departure of Doucette, we also heard of the departure of um a i suppose a long-term long-running general manager and head coach of the dundee stars omar pasha had announced that he was stepping down from his role with the organization this came out of the weekend now this is probably one of those ones that came out of the weekend that if you were present at the weekend it's one of those you know, it's one of those ones oh, we yes. obviously you know it's one of those ones that you know whenever you're you, the playoff final weekend for anybody who has never attended the playoff final weekend or anybody who's outside of the uk the playoff final weekend is an opportunity for all of the fans so all of the t- all of the fans right across the league are all all come together for this one weekend when it's more affordable there's more fans um but all the fans come together and it creates a really good buzz like it creates a yeah. really good a melting pot. Yeah, and it's like there's a bit of there's a bit of humor. There's a lot of humor. There's a lot of rivalry, but it's 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 fun rivalry. There's nothing ever really too serious. It's it's yeah. just there's something about it. There's a really good atmosphere created. But on top of that, and, and part of that, you get the you get the rumor mill. The rumor mill starts yeah. to flow. You start hearing this player's going there. This player's going there. This person's leaving there and going here. Oh, I've already heard this. So there's loads of rumors yeah. you've heard, and there's loads of rumor sites out there who might get it right. Just because you know it's you know fifty yeah, fifty shot until it's signed, yeah. yeah, and this is one of those this is one of those that I can imagine was probably a rumor yeah, that wasn't. was probably just going around and everybody knew it. Already. I would say at one point he was probably going to every single team in the league. You know, yeah, I would say so. But <laughs> remember as, the year um, was it the Thornton's chocolates? Thornton's chocolates, Thornton yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. In as our head coach, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and it was um, Todd Kelman came around and we and uh, was giving out the Thornton's chocolate. Into the, yeah. throwing it into the crowd and giving us all chocolate and stuff it was like oh what a I wonder what this could possibly mean and then obviously they announced Thornton like a couple of days later um, this is quite similar so Omar Pasha announced that he was leaving the Dundee Stars as general manager and head coach on Monday or Sunday into Monday um, straight after the playoff finals uh, then to be announced today um, as of Wednesday the 4th of May um, it was announced by the Nottingham Panthers that Omar Pasha will be taken over in a new role within a newly created role within the Panthers as a CEO uh, which would allow Omar to oversee both the off-ice and on-ice activities of the Panthers. Uh, his key first key task and first key role within the appointment for the Panthers is to assign and to hire the head coach for the 
2023 season um, and they're expecting that announcement to be made in the coming weeks uh, Panthers chairman Neil Black did comment to say that he was thrilled that Omar was on board and obviously seeing the job he had done with Undidi he can see that drive passion and enthusiasm will hopefully kickstart the desire to climb back to the top of the elite league for this team as well um, so obviously big pressure a lot of pressure being put on his shoulders straight away to deliver um, I mean Dave let's get your thoughts I mean we both like Pash you know he's a, he's yeah. a great guy you know he's a great he, coach he's, great coach. Um, he's done wonders with that team I mean with a oh. with a with a with the backing of the Nottingham Panthers a bit more cash you know being you know injected but, into but more it cash. now the, there, there is that argument um, now we we know this we've had this happen so we had Doug Christensen come in after a not so successful year in uh, Edinburgh mm-hmm. uh, came to the Belfast Giants and yes okay that first year did we win the league that year not in the first year, I don't think. No, not in the first year. Um, but because he was used to a lower budget, his style of hockey was not the most exciting to watch. Um, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. He did bring in a lot of big names. Um, if I'm not wrong, I think he brought in Kiefer and stuff. Yep. Um, and of Garside's still there. Yep. You know, um, Stephen Murphy. Um, as no, that was Thorts. Yep. Uh, but you know what I mean. There, there was a franchise names that he brought in to our to our club, and he came from a team that had a low budget. But because he was used to that low budget, the idea of having to risk anything with a bit of flair was alien. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a results based team. You know, it was you know trap defense, keeping the shots to the outside, and grinding the life out of other teams it was one goal games it was um you know uh getting the the puck in, in the zone and poking it through you know it was all very dirty and grindy it's not the worst thing you know his results speak for himself he won an awful lot of games and won an awful lot of trophies um but pash could fall into the same uh hurdle you know the he could in all essence, you know, bring a team together that's going to win, get results, but is it going to be exciting? Yeah. You know, um, because he's so much pressure and it's so results-based uh, in the likes of the Belfast Giants and in Nottingham um, and Sheffield and Cardiff and, you know, uh, in Dundee, it was just about um, winning those games, you know, winning as many games as he possibly could, where this will now be win every game you go into. Um, which is a different kettle of fish. Um, but personally, I think uh, Pash is up to it. The teams he's put together in Dundee have been phenomenal. Um, and hopefully uh, he can spin some of that magic for, well, maybe not hopefully, but... Hopefully he can make the second yeah. he make the second best team in the league. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, it, it, I suppose it's one of those ones where it, it probably didn't come as a surprise. Um, I think it was probably one of those ones where as soon as it was announced, I think it was kind of a maybe a guess that that's, you know, obviously there's a vacancy that was coming up. Um, I think yeah. we kind of guessed there was going to be some kind of movement. I didn't think, I think we, we even in our group chat, I think we chatted about whenever we, you know, whenever he mentioned he was his part in ways and he was moving on from Dundee. I think we all agreed that, well, we're going to see him, he's going to pop up somewhere within the league. Um, we obviously, yeah. we, we weren't sure where that was going to be I we think, weren't sure uh, i think there was a talk. john had it fairly early on yeah 
I think he did, um, and he had mentioned it, and I think um, he had he had said I, I wouldn't doubt if it was going to be there over anywhere else because I think the obviously the two options we were looking at was going to be either Nottingham he's going to either show his head in Nottingham or he was going to show up in Cardiff as a coach there in Cardiff. But I kind of felt that maybe he's looking more than just a coaching role, obviously, because obviously role, he was yeah. already in such a prem role within the Dundee Stars, so it had to be something big. So I guess Nottingham Panthers was the right choice for him. I suppose that was the right place to go. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's again more movement. Um, there has been other rumours that have came out of that weekend which obviously we, we won't digress on rumours because obviously there's no factual basis for those rumours we're, we're a hard news podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's been a few there's been a few interesting ones in relation to like where, where players particularly are going you know there's been certain names and stuff batting yeah. around in terms of like moving around the league um, and we've also I've also read a couple of rumours around um, you know obviously um, they're the current well the the coach who has just left the Nottingham Panthers shall we say Wiss um, where he might turn up next I was reading mm. a wee bit of a rumour around that too so it'll be interesting to see if that pans out any of those rumours are actually come out true or not but and if they do then again it's uh, it's, it's another playoff final weekend um, I suppose um, yeah, what's the rumour rumor mill it's actually came to pass so we'll wait and see um the other news then it's came out and again it's more changes when it comes to the head coaching and the um i suppose general manager roles um and this is the news that manchester storm's ryan finity will step back from his role as head coach and instead become the general manager for the club instead um he has made the decision to step away from the bench um and after coaching all these years and he has decided that it's the right time for him to suppose focus on i suppose the dual role he had at the had of head coach and general manager was was obviously taking a lot out of him you know obviously there's a lot to it um so his new challenge will be more to do with the background f- focusing on the on ice on off ice um and bring in a new coach to focus on the on ice um i suppose talent and um and i suppose performance of the club so it'll be interesting to see maybe where ryan goes in relation to that that head coaching um for yeah, the manchester lots, Storm. Lot of coaches uh, needed for this uh this league for next year um you know so that's what dundee Dundee, um, Manchester, Manchester, Cardiff, Nottingham and Cardiff, Nottingham. Yep, all looking head coaches, and and we we all have a gut feeling that maybe Fife as well, but obviously that's not been confirmed yet. But. Nothing, nothing's came out of Fife. Although they did announce two signings, I think I I read, and I'm like, wait, two signings already for the for the and we're only at the start of the off season. Yeah, I think I read. I think. Did Maybe I they're delayed signings for this year. Um, I'll just let me double check that, just because I don't want to. I don't want to say, but I'm pretty sure I read something because I remember reading it. I'm going to myself. Um, wait, is that it's two people that were signed for this year? Like, and they forgot sorry, to what? Them. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, did you forget? Is it? Is that are these ones from last year that you forgot to announce? It's okay, just pretend. Um, yeah. So the, I think they've just announced that. The, I think it was the announcement was from. Let me just double check and see. I think there was. Was there an announcement? I think that uh, I'll find it. Come oh, back well. to me. Um, but I'm yeah. pretty sure I think I read those two two players announced already for the for the for the 2022 2023 season. And um, I think I was just surprised at that. So maybe I'll have a look for that anyway. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we have a a, a big change afoot, I suppose, in the elite league, and the 2022 2023 season is going to look pretty different with uh, the the I suppose either new or changing of GMs. I suppose. In this case, it's going to look like it's going to be new GMs to the league, I would say, um, more than GMs that we already know. Um, obviously, is the GMs that we already know, or sorry, the co- coaches, sorry, we already know are coaches, moving yeah. up to GM roles. So again, those it'll be new coaching, new coaches to the league. So um, it'll be interesting and to we see. We all know that there's a there's definitely an uphill um, turnover when it comes to new coaches joining this league because the there's such an emphasis on our league play 
that they have to come in and play you know coach well from day one yeah um and that it's always a challenge and it's especially a challenge if you only give them one season um even like for the giants are guilty of that too with Alexa walser um you know like he probably could have done a lot better yeah um given a few years but i suppose the other i suppose the other question to ask and i suppose the other question and i suppose time will tell will be um you know a lot of we've seen it here in belfast where a lot of the players who've become who've who've came in um over the last number of years have had the opportunity to develop their play as well as maybe doing a bench coach role at the same time maybe as a little bit of a a supplement to you know help get them that that experience they need in order to make that mixed move in their careers do we think do we think that you know there you know we've heard and we've seen that there's other players within the likes of nottingham dundee and cardiff is there you know is there vet vet players there who maybe are going to get who are going to get the opportunity to maybe step up into a gm role you know do panthers take a risk and 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 go to look for a a brand new coach that's never uh, coached before as a player coach you know or even somebody like was it Matheson? Yeah, their yeah yeah uh, coach this Tarted, season because yeah. of the yeah um, he done a really good job of for what he had um, maybe because he also done interim coach I think in Sheffield mm. as well um, you know is he maybe worth the risk could he maybe go up to Dundee maybe um, as a as a head coach um, as a proper bench coach um, I think this league's past player coaches I think that's uh, um, a trick that's been played out and not really as usable as it yep. used to be I would agree. um but you know something like that uh would definitely definitely work um you know somebody that has had the or is there assistant coaches out there that are maybe um been working their way up through the ranks like of mace um jeff mason um you know who are definitely talented uh hockey minds could they be taking the next step up you never know these things can go anyway um and there's a they will there there is younger guys there that have the hunger to to take make the change and uh, if you've taken the step to become a a coach even in the interim you're unlikely to drop down to a player again unless it's the absolute you know last resort yeah yeah no i think that's that's a fair point um it'd be interesting to see just where those lie and i'm sure um when it comes to our next recording we will hope maybe have a bit a clearer picture in relation to um the coaching setup and, and those teams who are looking to um obviously bring in and recruit new coaches so be interesting to see just where those do where those coaches come from and um, will it be obviously players that have been play, players who have who are stepping up into those roles or if it's going to be outside um coaching coming in so it'll be interesting to see um dave i'm going to move on to the last thing that came out of the playoff final weekend um and that was obviously the 2021-2022 elite ice hockey um awards that were awarded um and these are the awards that uh, that happened on the award nights i don't know if they do the award night anymore it used to be on the friday night i think maybe they do it now on the ice instead on the sunday as part of the as part of the, the weekend's um festivities um but this past weekend obviously seeing the the season's um elite league um winners of those of those um different categories um, nice trophies at the same there are nice trophies um i want to get your Compared thoughts to the, uh, the league one or the all the metal ones that bend <laughs> well, yeah i know well the, Gi- the giants have destroyed the league and they've destroyed the challenge cup and um, they're both kind and of they, like the leaning tar pizza part of dropped the playoff one like a day like during their ice celebration i was wondering was it handed to them like that already or did it happen on the ice but yeah it's destroyed too it's leaning as well like the pizza like pizza as well it's crazy um but i suppose um you know obviously looking at these awards that were handed out over the weekend uh, i want to get your thoughts on it um 
you know, obviously the let's look at the season MVP went to Belfast Giants JJ Pickenich. Coach of the year went to Belfast Giants Adam Keith. Goalie of the year went to the Belfast Giants goaltender Tyler Beskarani. Defenseman of the year went to Belfast Giants as well with Griffin Reinhardt. Forward of the year, Belfast Giants JJ Pickenich. British player of the year went to Robert Dowd. And young British player of the year went to Josh Waller. Now, Josh Waller's great. great you, my, my question to you is, uh, and again, this is a question, like obviously the, the Giants dominated with the awards in terms of uh, season MVP, coach, goalie, defenseman, forward of the year. <clears throat> there's been some conversations around the British player of the year. Now, now there's no, no doubting that Robert, the Dowdy had a good season. There's no doubting that. Dowdy's a good player. Dowdy's a good player. Was he the best British player? This is my exact he, he, question to you. He wasn't even good enough to make the All-Star team. There's a player in the All-Star team who happens to also be a Belfast Giant. Who's a British <laughs> player who scored more points and goals this season yep. than Robert Dard. And they could say... Also, oh, made, well, the, also made the playoff final and scored a goal in the, the playoff final. You know, What's your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think it was more it, of a case of let's, like, we can't give it to all Belfast Giants players? Or so do you think... Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> So the Allegedly. coaches and general managers vote on this um, and make this. And the, the, the Elite League was adamant because every time somebody challenged them on the Robert Dowd, they went, oh, no, coaches and managers, coaches and managers. Um, I wonder how many of them went, right, if you don't give us one, we're not giving you any. Mm. If you know what I mean, they've went, you know, we need to have, Dowdy has to, or not, not necessarily Dowdy has to win something, but you can't win all of these which one do you want to give up and you couldn't argue with JJ Pickenich for any of the others for the 2 one yeah. Besker Wani stat wise yeah stat wise trophies best best that minor in the league oh without a doubt yep um, you know Adam Keefe is coach of the year like that's you know that was given like that was walking away with two out of the three trophies yep you know that is a um, a coaching piece. Now you could have made arguments for maybe Pasha um, for getting the Dundee Stars to the playoff weekend. Um, but... And I suppose scraping, scraping a really bad situation. I mean, his their situation, Dundee's situation, oh, yeah. at the start of the season was dire. I mean, when you think if about you look at their, in... their run-in, they were like one of the best teams in the league. Yep. Um, and yeah, they, he was done a really good job. But to, to me, the, the pick for Robert Dowd... Um, it just didn't sit with me. Um, no. it, it, I mean, just I wrote down my choices of. We went. To, we had to. Well, we this meant is, to do it. This was my next question to you. This is my next question to you. Was it said? And the Elite League put out their 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 statement. They put out their their piece, and they said the coaches and general managers from across the Premier Sports Elite Ice Hockey uh, Elite League voted for the 2021-2022 award winners. Here's the thing. We were also given the opportunity to vote in this as yeah. a media outlet and we were sent the photon forms for these exact uh these exact um prizes these exact awards so how is it just coaches and general managers if we were one of the people who were allowed to vote in this this year obviously any other media outlet who was given the same voting rights why was that not why why have they termed it as coaches and general managers and not stated the fact that like actually it's not just coaches and general managers actually the awards so are they saying that they give us the opportunity to vote in these but then actually they didn't use the votes and it was only mm. the coaches and general managers votes that counted and nobody else's votes no, did, did, did he guard the um the other ones this is that was an interesting one. weird yeah i, I did find um, out quite interesting how they worded it 
because I had I'm just because I wrote down mine because we oh, were going to put them in then we yeah yeah um so I wrote down mine and Dowd wasn't on my list no nope. for best British uh, player not because he's not good I think he's uh, he's a phenomenal British player probably one of the he will go down as one of the greats um I had uh Luke Ferrar for the Coventry Blaze uh, obviously he had Scott Conway you know yep it was number one but I look for our as my, my second just because in a subpar Coventry Blaze team and he played 52 games 25 goals 25 assists just shy of a point a game yep that's that's brilliant you know and the you know and I, okay, you can't argue with it like okay fair enough oh well there you go actually there's uh I was bringing up so uh, Robert Dowdy's goals, um, twenty nine. So it's not far. Yep. Um, you know, so if we're not taking that into account and you're taking into consideration, maybe they're considering that Sheffield because they didn't win the league, weren't the best team, which is a bit of a shame because they they were second place, so they're they're pretty damn good. But you know, I would say it was more of a a, a challenging season for Ferrara to get 25 goals than it was for Robert Dowd to get 29. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's... The, the, to me, the, if they were going to make a statement, as in maybe make it more or less giant-centric, why would you go with somebody else at the top of the league? Yeah. Um, you would go with somebody that has really made a difference to a team. Yeah. Um, and that's... And that's exactly you know, that's where, where I was going that's with. That's where I... That's, I, I was exactly with you. My, my, my voting wasn't fully giant either. My voting... I did have... Conway as my British player of the year because he was without <laughs> doubt the best one but my defenseman of the year was not a it was not a giant it wasn't Reinhardt like he I, I didn't even think of I'd, I had Matt, Jamal no. I had Jamal Watson from the Guildford Flames as mine um he had Matt, a front register Matt register see I mean uh, we had from the card devils yeah Jamal Watson was mine for for me for the I card didn't devils. even have Guildford Flames Reinhardt I mean, wasn't even my top three no um so I had Matt register then uh Dallas Earhart Mm-hmm. Um, from the uh, storm, so, um, you know, and you're on. Again, Reinhardt wasn't bad. I just don't think it would be. I didn't think I was going to put him top of the. No. Pack in the if it's coaches and players, they obviously our coaches and managers they see different things, um, than we do. Yeah. Uh, as fans, so but to me, the Dowdy choice was weird. It was an interesting one. It was very very strange, but. The only other thing would be, you know, well, he's 33. I was going to say maybe was he planned on having an out or something? Like, you know, no. Maybe. Was he going to retire or something? No. That's just, he wants to have a wee swan song as being the best British player. No, he'd be kicking around. I think he'd be kicking around the Steelers, Sheffield for another three years anyway. Um, uh, I'm sure that's where he's going to. hand and be going yeah, to Zimmer for I'm sure that's where he's going to end up again next season anyway. Um, I, get, I, I guess. I would say he's probably on a two year deal. I'd say so. I'd say he's he's definitely up there anyway. Um, it'd be interesting to see over the next few weeks as well. Um, obviously we'll keep a wee eye on that in terms of player signing the movements. Um, and we will obviously kind of cover that um in our off season episodes. Um, when we scale back a wee bit, uh, which we'll talk about a bit more at the end of this episode. Um, 
Dave, I'm going to move on. Um, we're going to go back to NIHL. Um, obviously, their playoff final weekend, as we mentioned, or finished this past weekend also, which means that their final, their weekend, their season has come to uh, an official end as well. Um, so they're gearing up towards what's going to be um, the NHL, the e, the NIHL for next season. Um, and with that, the first thing that came in came in was a, a very big announcement, I suppose, for the NIHL, um, and a very successful one in terms of um, strengthening. The, the standing for that league and that is this announcement that was made up this weekend this past couple of days in which the planet ice um so that's anybody who doesn't know planet planet ice is the it's a, it's a brand of uh it's, it's a company an organization that holds ownership of a number of the ice rinks around the whole of the uk um and which how many numbers of ice rinks i can't tell you but all i know is they have a they've loads i mean they for about 25 years they have been supporting ice hockey in the cross the united kingdom and they have focused on developing i suppose the game in different in a few variations of their rinks right across the uk uh but they have announced a an official partnership with the uh, the nihl moving forward which means that uh, as of 2022-2023 season uh the nihl will be known as the planet ice national ice hockey uh no sorry planet ice national ice hockey league national national division um so again this is great strength this is i mean this is positive this is a positive step for them um and with that obviously came as well a bit of news as well this week in relation to um basingstoke um basingstoke bison put out a a, i suppose a a statement this week as well about the future of the basingstoke rink um and that statement i think it's it's a positive one also um this is a joint statement i suppose with the planet ice um organization in the fact that they have um i suppose they've they've made a commitment to the development and restructuring of that of of the ice rink um in basingstoke um so they're looking at a full renovation work um to be completed in basingstoke um as part of that work um when will the refurbishment happen what will that plan be i think they're still out there to kind of come to a bit of conclusion around what that's going to look like um but i think it's a positive story from what i can see and from what i've read in terms of you know obviously the local council and everything else you know the leaseholders and stuff for that um have released it to planet ice and in terms of allowing them to kind of maybe move forward with that so i think that's a good report and i think that's a really good positive um movement for them and i suppose it's a it's a good future for business stuck there especially with planet ice um you know putting in the, the permission the, the the development and putting in the time and the, and the and thing to develop ice there um in business so we know business still quite well obviously business of bison were a team within the elite ice hockey league um a few years ago um so obviously we're, we're only too Stole happy to see other players to rescue it dying season so did indeed um and um, so we're only Thornton, too happy. Campbell and um, Big Stevie Lyle. Yep, that's it. All stolen yep. from, all stolen um, from Stoke Stoke. to keep uh, keep that season afloat. So we are we're obviously um, we've we obviously got a little a little soft spot for Basingstoke Bison. Um, and another place we've got a, a bit of a soft spot for it would be Hull. Um, although Hull, this is more news coming out of the NIHL, um, and this is a group behind a new ice hockey team uh, within Hull. Obviously, Hull uh, Stingrays are what we've known for, for a number of years. Um, obviously, that, that that is no longer. Um, and obviously, they, they're looking at developing, um, you know, the city 
has been without the ice hockey, you know, uh, the professional ice hockey team for a short bit now. Um, but this group now returning to the National League um, have announced that they're going to go back in the f- back to the future by calling the team the Hull Seahawks. Uh, so it's a moniker that's a nod to the past. Um, so it's using the Humberside, which is the area um, with the, the team that used to be there called the Humberside Seahawks, um, which was launched in 1988 um, as part of that Hull Arena. Uh, that's where the team played from. Um, it was run by the Humberside County Council. Um, and the team now will be moving from obviously there's been variations of the different names we've had we've had the Hull Thunder Hull Stingrays Hull Parrots um, and now the name will be moving back to looking at the this new brand and this new phrase um, of um, in Hull um, as part of that so again this will be for the as far as I'm aware this will be uh, for the 2022-2023 uh, season um, it has been greenlit that they will be joining the National League um, so that's been two years since I think the, the last have had a, a professional hockey team within Hull playing in that league so a great again strength again good strength for the, for that league in terms of bringing back another team a good team uh, but also um, strengths for Hull um, there as well bringing back a new prof- uh, another professional team and again for us uh, we have again another soft spot for Hull seeing as the Hull Stingrays did play so within somewhere the I league. always wanted to make the away trip to and never, never got around to it and then obviously everything that happened happened yep um, and even I have a Hull Pirates I was about to say yeah over there um, for um, autism um, awareness so the uh, and I have to say that my dealings with the um, the team then even just to get a jersey um, was phenomenal it was top notch um, it, was, it was a lot easier to get that than it was waiting for my Giants jersey my <laughs> um, I have to say so um, yeah it's uh, it's good it's good to see any any improvement in in hockey and and, and the team back um, from somewhere that had a team is great news um, for years and years we've heard about teams uh, folded and then over the last few years we started to see new ones come back and new ones start so leads and then obviously now go hold again so fingers crossed it's all all upwards indeed um it's only as i said as i said it's only a positive sign whenever you do get to re- uh, strengthen your league by bringing in another team or bringing back a team i suppose we should say not bringing in a new team um bringing back i suppose a, a well-known team in terms of um you know there's a good hockey following there you know there's a good strong um support so again it's only a positive step it can only be a positive thing um Dave, I think that actually takes us to the end of this period, actually. I think that's covered all of the news to date. Um, it was quite a lot um, coming out of that weekend, and I'm sure over the course of the coming weeks, of the course of the next week or two, um, that will those news stories will um, start to develop love even a, further. Love a bit off-season, a bit of rumour mill, and oh, um, nothing like it. Cover, <laughs> covering like all it. these wee silly stories that, that, you yeah. know, that you're, you're trying to dig into, see if it's true. and um, So we'll, hopefully we'll see some interesting changes hopefully the giants get back people we want to get back and maybe new blood that we didn't expect to come um and we'll be watching it all with bated breath indeed um so we will keep a, keep up with that and we will um, come back to this in future episodes dave with that i'm going to call uh finish put a finish to period one and we will get stuck into our period two of hockey Hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey. This is where we'll talk about hockey from everywhere but the UK. Um, we didn't do an Evander Kane watch this week because I just couldn't be bothered with them. Um, <laughs> so we decided we would look at uh, a few other bits. Um, and Marty's done the research for this period also. I'd like to thank him for that. Um, so I will hand it over and let him have a chat and then we'll come back and chat with me obviously through these pieces but chat to me more when it comes to the uh penalty box because i have to 
hang my head in shame for a certain player so we'll talk about that that's an interesting one um <laughs> I, I can't wait to get that because i want to get your thought on that um but we'll start off we did we have touched base on that we have touched uh, upon this already slightly in, in our in our pre or pre-game shall we say um we talked about the obviously the the elite uh, the sorry the nhl coming to an end and the stanley cup playoffs um starting um as of this this week um the stanley cups as we mentioned does has started um as of this week um and it's the same as usual for anybody who isn't a massive fan or who has never really listened to or watched the playoffs um if you're only kind of getting into um ice hockey um i know there's a few i was talking i got we i got talking to what's been really nice over the last few weeks of the over the last few games at the belfast in belfast in the ssc arena um has been that the with the bar um off ice um the new bar they're reopening um it's given us an opportunity to kind of almost get back to kind of a a bit of normality a bit of like reconnect a reconnect getting a chance to talk yeah. to people and getting a chance to kind of just really get into like meet people we haven't sp- really getting to speak to for a long while but also getting to speak to some new faces that we haven't spoken to before um and we ha- it's given us opportunity to actually speak to a few people who listen to her to the podcast and it's been really nice getting to chat to some people who listen to the podcast have came over and said um oh i, I listen to your podcast just want to come over and say hello and it's been really nice to kind of get to talk to them and, and everything else and one of the things that someone mentioned was that actually it's they're they're new to ice hockey as of this year so they're quite new um and even some of the things that are still new to them that they don't know um and nhl is a new world to them as well that this is the first time they've watched the nhl as of this season so i thought it'd be a kind of a good idea to just kind of for anybody who is listening for the first time who is only getting into the nhl who's listened to, who's new to the world of hockey it's just kind of go through obviously a bit of the nhl playoffs Stanley cup playoffs um and kind of see how different it is to obviously our our home domestic playoffs because obviously it's very very different um as of the way the structure for the playoffs works um in the nhl is that the playoff format has the teams with the most points taking the second wildcard teams as well um so once we mentioned at the start all those teams we mentioned at the start will go into the the rounds and each from each conference will go into the rounds and the division winners then um second most points will face off the top wildcard teams so we've we kind of went through the brackets in terms of who's playing who and each series as david mentioned as well is best of seven format so the teams will play seven games uh if you happen to win four out of those seven games uh, you know you win you go through if it happens to come down to you know if you win majority of those games straight away you know if you win six games and they only you know if, uh, yeah you get the picture best out of seven games um home ice advantage does go to the team with the top seed in the opening two rounds of the playoffs uh so the team with the most regular season points has home ice in the conference finals and the stanley cup finals as well so that basically that just means that if you finish higher in the league over your opponents you will get preference in terms of the home ice advantage um, which we know does have a massive two, two home two way home way home way yep um, but also then you get especially when it comes to the final that becomes a massive thing as well especially if you get to the conference finals as well as the Stanley Cup finals whoever those top seeded teams are gets that advantage as well which is a massive massive change game changer um, so you do want to kind of be that top seed as much as possible um, but the format itself will take us across over the next few weeks um, it will take us right across I think maybe until the middle of, middle of end of June probably potentially around about then um, and it is probably one of the most exciting points of the 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 league for the nhl um as david alluded to for anybody who's listening for the first time as well in the uk we put a lot of emphasis on the league and winning the league here is our big thing it's kind of a very football orientated or soccer thing that we kind of came into hockey here in the uk so it's very much that we focus so much on that league obviously all those games have to mean something whereas in the nhl even though you've 
bust your ass the whole year it doesn't really matter because it comes to the Stanley Cup and that's the trophy that matters. Um, so yeah, put, We'll put it this way, um, Nashville Preds did not have a great season this year and they pulled it together um, and managed to cling on to the last spot with the, the, the flipping skin of their teeth. Um, you know, and they have as good a shot as anybody. You know, all it takes is uh, pull your pull your, t- your team up by their bootlaces and suddenly you're uh, having a chance, you know, and the that's the, the, the even the style you'll hear it whenever you're watching um, the local watching the Giants on uh, Premier Sport about a, a playoff attitude or a, um, no, this one's like a real playoff game, and it's because the NHL playoffs, the style of play changes, um, everything becomes really serious um not to say they're not serious when they're playing the league but it's you can tell there's so much more riding on every game um and it's the that's the fundamental difference is that we have the giant or the elite league put that emphasis on game one of the league as well you know the whole way through so it's it is a slog to win that um but the the proof in the pudding in the the playoff uh, the nhl playoffs is um the actual best of seven so yeah and that's it and i suppose the other thing then to mention is on top of the playoffs the other thing as well would be the teams that don't make the playoffs obviously then are, their season is completely finished but they have a slight advantage shall we say in some ways some people will say it's a bit of advantage some people will say it doesn't really make much difference but the, when it comes to the we mentioned already the playoffs will finish at the end of june just in time for the playoff or sorry the nhl draft which we will we'll kind of maybe talk about closer to the draft time to kind of explain that for people who don't know what the draft is uh but the nhl draft um is the is the part a key part of the season a key part of the off season and that'll take place on the 7th and 8th of july this year um so the playoffs will finish before the the, play, the nhl draft and the teams who have not made it to the who've made it to the playoffs will in theory be the first picks uh, when it comes to the playoff spots in terms of or sorry the draft spots i know the canadians are the first pick this year for the 2022 um pick but again that will depend on who had the pick if it was swapped around and all those sorts of things when it comes to like you know oh we had the draft and we swapped our we swapped our round pick for that's not confuse things too much but let's just say <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work um doesn't always work that way it's because the, people it's trade meant them to be off. the great equalizer yeah it's meant to be the great equalizer um with the having the draft pick and the best way to look at it is if you look at this year's uh bracket for the nhl playoffs Edmonton oilers uh florida panthers and the canes um i'm sure if you look back they will have been last finishes not too many seasons ago toronto prime example <laughs> toronto Toronto. Yeah. They they were they were in a dismal they were in a dismal season. Austin Matthews was one of their draft picks. Yeah. Boom! Look at where he is now. You know what I mean? The you know what I mean? the Wild have suffered because they're they are solid mid table finisher every season. Um, you know they always scrape into the playoffs. Um, and it's just this year they've done a lot better. But uh, it means you suffer. You have to rely on trades to pick up your draft picks and. Um, making shrewd um, pickups for different people that you maybe trade to get other people and that uh, means you have a bit more finagling um, to get your picks but that's just how it, how it rumbles but yeah the those um, even um, the likes of Tampa you know they went after they won the, the Stanley Cup the first time they did go through a phase where they were skating pretty low got a couple of good draft picks and now they're right back up again so 
uh, it's meant to be the great equalizer. You see it more in the uh, NFL um, as the big, the change up. Um, but then again, it just depends on who Tom Brady's playing for. If he wins mm. the, the the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so we will um, we'll we'll touch upon that. We will continue to kind of focus on our our playoff running um, in the few in our upcoming episodes as as we as we record in the future because obviously we'll have a lot less to focus on. We'll be in some periods, so we will we will come back to the playoffs um, as they as they start to kind of start to kind of get through the stages and we'll, we will come across that um and i say we'll touch upon the draft for anybody who doesn't know about draft we will touch upon that before the draft happens in july uh dave the only other story i have for this period before we move on to our penalty box segment is the story that came out this week as well it's came out on monday uh the i suppose obviously we all know what's going on in the world between russia and the ukraine um but surprisingly the khl which is the russian league um continued on and officially finished their uh over there over the weekend as well so they actually came they finished as well over the, this past this weekend um they finished their last games were played out on saturday um and the decision the an announcement came out from finland and sweden on monday uh, both t- both countries um together have come out with a statement and said that finland and sweden will ban from their national ice hockey teams any players who decide to appear in russia's continental hockey league from a next season the position of the Finnish Hockey Association is that players playing in Russia next season will not be able to play for the national team the association said Sweden followed up and have made the same decision um, and have basically said that that will not they're, they're also going with the same uh, guidelines and that players will no longer be able to play for their national team if they decide to go back to the Russia's KHL as of next season what is an interesting one is that um, th- that there was a statement followed um, I suppose it was a an interesting one because they're one of the one of the most um well-known defensemen um in finland is a defenseman i wish they, i wish john was here to pr- help me pronounce these names because you know i'm off with it a uh, defenseman called miko leighton uh, Leitonen, um who is a finnish player plays for the national team has an olympic and world championship um with with finland um and he was playing with SKA St. Petersburg right up until the end of the season, which became a lot of criticism. There was a lot of criticism around that in that he was still playing for the team um, in, in Russia playing. But what was interesting was that um, he reportedly was tied into his contract and was told by the team that he would face a multi-million euro fine if he was to walk away from the team during the season uh so in the end he then has made a decision and he and the team have mutually agreed that he won't be playing um this this is his last season plan and he won't be returning and they've released him early from a three-year contract that he had with the team um so it'll be an interesting one but it's just another another instance of another you know again the world's reaction to what's going on um and this is finn and sweden putting their i suppose putting their marker down you know putting, Isol- trying to isolate the the russians from the the more uh the world as large yep uh, and again i think it's just another another instance of just kind of maybe making sure that people are aware that you know there's no support there um and that that, that there is you know if anybody does support that that that's their their response is this um so i thought it was worth mentioning because it did pop up and i thought that was an interesting one obviously given how well sweden or finland have played this you know in this previous olympics and stuff um i thought it was worth just mentioning that too yeah i think that is uh um definitely something that uh, we think is sort of felt like it's been coming um and we'll watch it continue i'm sure something will be 
as the the NHL rumbles on. We still have those questions outstanding as well there. So we'll see what happens at the end of the, the end of the season. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the penalty box segment uh, for period two, and we'll start with um, Spurgeon mm-hmm. and his interesting cross check, mm-hmm. um, which. I was 100% okay. I think it was fine, but <laughs> I was not 100% okay. So I had to dig for this uh, video. It wasn't, it actually wasn't in the highlights whenever yeah. I watched it. I, I only realized about this after it broke after, uh, broke in the news after. Um, the cross check to me was just reckless. Yep. So so what happens, there's a, they get tangled up just in front of the goal. Um, I can't even remember who it was, the other player. And the Pavel, Pavel Bushnik, Bushnik, yeah. Um, they got tangled up in front of the, uh, in front of the goal. Uh, after they got separated and they were about to step up, um, George Bergen, I don't know, cross checks his ankle. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a cross check. It's, it's not a cross check. Some sort of attack. Yeah. Um, it would maybe make more sense going down as roughing or unsportsmanlike or. Um, well, any of those, you know, rather than a cross check, I am very surprised that he didn't get banned, uh, for a game, at least, um, mainly just because uh, it was dangerous. I can understand where it came from. Um, you're down four nil. He's the captain. He's frustrated and he can't get his team to, to get up, but to get it up and go. And he, he made a stupid decision. Um, and I think that's all it comes down to. George Burgeon has has been a, a bit of a stalwart for uh the Wild this season, so. Um, hopefully it's a lapse in judgment and it's not something we'll see more of but uh, if we do I'm sure you'll be uh, penalised for for it yeah I guess I was really surprised um, I seen it the next morning I seen the highlights in the next morning um, and especially this one you know obviously this was this is going around in terms of you know obviously the, the cross check but as you say Dave I was really confused because I didn't I, I seen it and I thought that's a it's a weird weird decision to rule it as a cross check yeah it's it's I mean you know you you're, you're trying to crush a guy's ankle <laughs> there's, no, yeah. there's no other way to you know, there's no other way to to explain it. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, I'm surprised he avoided a suspension, as you say. Yeah. It was nasty. Um, and I know Jared Spurgeon. You know, he he came out and he said, you know, that's not the player I am. You you mentioned, you know, things got heated in the middle of the game. He kind of got a bit like, you know, he got a bit aggressive and whatever it was. I am surprised it didn't get more. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it did. It was. I was very surprised. It looked like it was a blatant attack on the guy's ankle, and he could yeah. have done some damage. I mean, to those I, even, to the, even been, to the muscle, it, to the you know yeah, the tendons at the back tendons, of that foot. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if it's came down to the fact there was no injury. On yeah. The play. Um, and they've decided, right, well, okay, we'll find him. We'll see. We'll monitor him in the next game. If he does anything silly, then we'll slap it on because he can be then charged as a repeat offender because um, now he has the, the fine. So um, and it'll be something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully he doesn't because he's uh, an, an integral part of the, the wild team. And uh, without him, um, they get a bit lost. He was out for a few injuries and he, in the mid-season and around the time of the all-star game and they caused all sorts of havoc on the bench so yeah 
Indeed. So, do you, would you like to take your one? So yeah. I can complain the, about your players? So, the, as part of it was interesting <laughs> in that um, over the over the course of that first the first few nights or first opening night of the playoffs, there was five players in total received supplementary discipline. Um, for instance, that happened on the ice. These are just two of the instances that maybe were followed up with. Obviously, Spurgeon with his fine. Um, the second one, which I think was maybe the one that was maybe the most harsh in terms of well, maybe not harsh. Maybe you've got a different take on it. Um, the the second one, which was probably the 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 most stringent penalty that was given out was um towards um towards Clifford uh, Kyle Clifford from the Toronto Maple Leafs he received a one game suspension for uh, dangerously sending Ross Colton headfirst into the boards from behind um Clifford received a five minute major um and was ejected from the game um it did turn into a uh. A, it not only did it did it was that hit but it also turned into um shall we say a bloody mess um there was a busted hairs there was bleeding there was blood uh there was uh almost it was almost a bench clear <laughs> bench clear there was i mean the lines went at each other uh goaltenders getting involved everything i mean it's it was an interesting one um made a per per decision um you know that's he did make a poor decision in that instance he you know he was very physical um it was a boarding call and it's a clear boarding call um no doubt about it um but again i think the the aftermath of of what happened i think this may be a bit more uh, i suppose it got heated um shall we yeah. say um I, I would say it probably um leans on the same as a spurgeon um stupid decision at the time um and just caused cause it caused the injury is maybe the reason for the the ban um, and i know it was just a bit of blood but i think that that's maybe the the straw and then the fact that it got a bit outrageous after yeah is probably um you know the the crux of it i'm just watching it back here um yeah boarding bad boarding but not the worst thing i've seen in hockey i don't think um, so and i think it's just been they've went right okay your man's cut the game got a bit out of control and they've decided right well one game um i personally think that spurgeon is extremely lucky to get not get the similar just to put a marker down um i think because it went largely unnoticed until mm. the the end of the like properly until the end of the game i think you only got a two minute penalty on the night yeah um, i think that's what happens so. i think i think it's interesting because um i think a lot of people will, will say that they, they they call this obviously you know obviously you hear phrasing like the phrase is like the silly season um and in mm. different in different sports around the world it means different things like in, in formula one silly season means the time at the end of the season when players are scrambling for contracts for the teams and stuff in formula one same again in, in things like uh nfl and, and in rugby that's all around like signings and everything else when it comes to, like draft yeah. day in the nfl for silly season in the NHL, I I always think silly season is more in relation to the playoffs. People's people's people getting, you know, the people's emotions getting running higher because it is the Stanley Cup. But also from a point yeah. of view of the refs, in terms of a bit of leniency, they become a bit like almost like adopts as well. They become a bit they don't maybe they're not as they don't crack down maybe as much in terms yeah. of um they want maybe the players to sort it out they, yeah they kind of let the game flow a bit more um to the point where you kind of think well they wouldn't get away with that in the regular season how are they getting away with that now so it's an interesting one um and i think it was um you know the fact that it was five supplementary disciplines in that first in that first after that first game that first night i mean it says it all i mean the same thing happened as well in uh, our own 
uh, playoff weekend with the the heated finale of the Devils Guildford game mm-hmm. um, with the the post buzzer fifty cuff fifty yep. cuffs yeah yeah um, with uh, even Caruth getting involved you know and and again that's the same same idea they went right okay stupid things happen um, if that had league play you were probably looking at a ban in there somewhere um, but it's that they like to take a step back um, in the thing there's the there is the risk that it's dangerous. Um, and that's hopefully what they'll be keeping a closer eye on. Um, hopefully by getting um, handing out minor like the the one game and the um, the fine. Hopefully that's enough to you know slap on the wrist. Um, but the the because you're playing the same team next the next two days, those feelings sometimes can boil over. You can end up with a bit of a, a bit of a messy one, but. Time will tell, as they say. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'm all my cliches today, pulling yep. up by the bootstraps and all That's for it. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I don't think there's anything else for period two. Nope. Awesome. We'll move on to period three. Okay, period three is our general knocky news. news. For a second there, I thought we were going to wait around in silence to see if John said anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, he'll probably criticise how we how we event, how we started the, the, the period, but we're, we're doing our best. Uh, knocky news is just a roundup then of any other stories that kind of maybe don't fit within the other two areas that we talked about in terms of the um, you know the NHL or just general stories, maybe hockey related that we kind of want to touch upon. Um, this two stories in this period um that i've came across that i kind of just want to talk about um the first one is obviously was actually um a story from yesterday which was the third of may um the if i IIHF um released a well, put up an article and released the stats and information in relation to the um spectator gates um for the across the across europe um from this this season um, that has just passed post covid 19 pandemic season we should mention as well i think there was a lot of fear going into this season that um the numbers um would be down quite significantly obviously after a one-year break due to covid 19 and maybe there'd be a few more issues around you know obviously major shifts in people's attitude towards hockey but also maybe shifts towards people's restrictions uh country you know regions and everything else with all the different variations and what was allowed um but also i think it was maybe a bit of worry that people would not be attending just because of sheer worry and, and panic and just that sort of thing um but this year it seems to you know i think they the, the IHF have announced actually that it's probably one of the the significant um attendances um within across right across europe that they've seen a number of years um but i suppose the reason why we're talking about this is because the attendance figures in europe and the european hockey leagues for the 2021-2022 includes a number of the elite league um teams uh, in the top 100 um for the first time in, in a number of a number of years the top seeded team or the top team the, the team the top team within the elite league who has the most highest attendance figures this year was the sheffield steelers who are ranked sixth in all of europe for attendance with 6693 average attendance across the season which is phenomenal it's really really great for them um obviously if we can tr- compare that to maybe the top which is number ranked number one 
is SC Byrne, um, who have an average attendance of 13,348, um, which is, again, a phenomenal number um, when you think about the... Um, you know when you think about where how, how how many numbers that is for that and you compare that maybe to say like one of the top teams in the the nhl in terms of like what they're bringing in as well each season that's a massive step well, it's going to be more players than um phoenix yeah <laughs> well phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true that's very true um one of the things i suppose to note is that um obviously the the with sheffield steelers obviously we've mentioned they're sixth um sixth place sitting in, in the chart but they have moved um from well I suppose are these average attendances from last year compared to they would have the been la- I think the last last COVID year the last COVID year or so the, they weren't that stupid fake league no they weren't um, but they have moved from the Sheffield Steelers we should mention have moved from 28th place up to 6th place um, so that is a significant jump for the Sheffield Steelers obviously moving um, moving the spaces within th- th- those rankings uh, we should also mention as well put it, give a shout out to the Nottingham Panthers who are in 27th position with 4,740 uh, is their average attendance the Belfast Giants are sitting in 37th place on this chart with 4,100 and fifty-five as their average yep. attendance. Did you see who they're just two spaces off? Uh, SKA SK Saint Petersburg. Petersburg. Yeah. What? I know. Yeah. <laughs> they were second, second. Well, before the in this, um, uh, they were oh. the second-ranked team, and they've dropped to thirty-five. Yeah. Does that mean the Giants are flying up through these rankings? We're well, be... we also maybe have to think about. Um, you know, we might have to think about. There's a currently a war going on, so maybe, maybe. Uh, it might have impacted the the attendance in the last two or three months, um, which obviously will be taken into consideration possibly too. But you know, that might have something to do with it. We don't know. Um, we should also mention the uh, Glasgow clan are also in this um, in this in this chart as well. They're sitting in sixty second uh, position with two thousand seven hundred and seventy two. That's really great for them in terms of you know, and if you think about at the start of the season, we weren't even sure if they were going to be anywhere within they, they're gonna have, you know obviously we're, there was big doubts with their with where they were going to be and where they were going to play yeah, and, the whole and then even their... the, the car of devils there i didn't even think about checking for them um, 55th 55 yeah and that's they that is their max thirty three thousand something tickets you know that's that's all they can fit in there really you may be talking maybe a, an extra couple of hundred um but their average will never be much bigger than that they just don't have yeah. the scope for for much more growth but no um, that just shows you how close they are to sell out in every game. Yep. So five teams. Um, this is just worth mentioning. That's five teams uh, from the elite league sitting in the top one hundred of average attendances in Europe. Um, Dave, did you see? Uh, just the, the, only, the only there was one team sitting just at the bottom, just just snuck in at number ninety nine. There, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's a favorite. Oh, the uh, Bremerhaven. Yeah, Bremerhaven. Favorite of ours. Yeah, fish time penguins. Um, oh. The I didn't I only literally I didn't scroll that far down before and I've literally scrolled to the bottom and I've seen the last wee bit and I was like I'm pretty interested pretty good. <laughs> so um, there we go. Um, I just wanted to mention that that's one story. So the thing I seen at the end. So I scrolled down to the very bottom. Yeah. And it has it broken down by average by league. Oh. And the elite league is the fourth highest attended league in Europe. Oh. Um, uh, it's above the Finnish Liga and the Czech Extra Liga. Um, with with uh, average attendance for the elite league being two thousand eight hundred and eighty five, and then the Finnish league being two thousand eight hundred and seventy. So when um when the push comes to the shelf, we're we're definitely moving up through those ranks, and um, we're not shy off the um 
third spot German the, leagues uh, the German DL. spot so yep. um, you never know could all I mean, change I mean that's now, very I mean that's very close that Dell I mean that's very close considering when we we compare in quality yep in, in essence to around a Dell 2 um, and the Dell 2 are sitting down with 1000 as their average attendance in the second tier for the European leagues yep. um, so it is going to be hopefully it's a trend we're going to see improve um, I know for sure obviously we're back at season tickets um, we're going to be at every game next season, um, which we didn't do this year. Um, so that's a couple more people that weren't there. Um, so maybe there'll be more. And and hopefully maybe Fife will fix things and get more, yeah, more, have, more have people. Yeah, have like 10 people in. Maybe they'll have 10 instead of just the five. Um, that'll yeah. help with those numbers. Um, well, there'll definitely be one more. <laughs> they're bringing our average down. <laughs> Fife are bringing our average down. Yeah, there'll be one more. You're right. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. That is true. That is I feel true. like buying him a, a season ticket as a gag gift for him. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> make him go to all the five games. <laughs> I, I think John. I think it. I think it is. Um, I think John has mentioned it previously on the podcast. I think he has. <laughs> that he is. That he is leaving us. Um, he's going to be leaving Belfast. Um, in the in in the coming weeks. Um, he's moving back to Fife. Um, he's got a job and stuff in Fife now, and he's moving back. Um, him and his wife. His wife's got a job as well. Uh, I think in Dundee, um, so they're moving back to Scotland, um, which we're going to be sad to see him go, but he will be a regular probably within Fife Ice Arena moving forward, so yeah, he might become, he might revert back to a Fife fan, so you never know. <laughs> You're seeing if he gets his accent back or not? Yeah, that's it, yeah, or will he just become more <laughs> Balamina? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, Dave, my other story for this period is um, the... I, 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 this is a, a new... In the off season, shall we say, in in the off season starting in June, um, the there'll be a new three ice hockey league, uh, will which will be starting its inaugural season, um, come this summer. Three ice is going to hold tournaments in nine North American cities this coming summer, and it will feature teams coached by NHL legends. And each game will consist of two eight-minute periods using the running clock, full-sized rink, and each team will have seven players, including one goalie, and comprise of uh, competes in a nine-week season that will feature six games each night. The idea will be it'll be a three-on-three hockey tournament. Have we seen this before? I think we have. Um, coaches for the inaugural season um, are names right across. Um, you know the NHL have, have well known, um, and the players as well are players from various various different um, teams as well. Um, one of the reasons why I brought this up was um, obviously there is uh, one name, obviously Dave, for you that's pretty well known, and that is Mike London, defenseman who played 252 games yes. with the Lightning, Minnesota Wild, and Ottawa Senators. He is going to yep. be one of the team coaches uh, for this inaugural season. Um, and also then we also have um, another name. Um, now, I don't know if this name is the same name that we know. I'm going to guess it is. Bobby Farnham? Oh, Jesus, I didn't even click on his name. Let's see what loads. I am pretty sure it is the Bobby Farnham um, of Belfast Giants. It fame. looks like the, the Bobby Farnham. Oh, I need to get his jersey. I wonder what the jersey's going to be. Um, but Bobby Farnham um, will be playing, will be one of the other uh, coaches. That's class. Um, in this three ice hockey league. I thought you were going to say uh, Jeff Taft because I said, no, that's... That, that's... <laughs> that's, not, that's not what Tav's first name is. <laughs> um, but we also then have um, a couple of players as well coming in uh, as well. So we've got Jeremy Broder who's playing um, for Team Carbon Carbonu. 
um who will be also who's also well known obviously for a very famous dad um so jeremy bodell will be playing as coley for that team um but it was interesting i i seen this and the, obviously the name jumped out at me straight away and i was like oh is it but it is it's, uh bobby bobby farnham who is a very well-known name here uh in northern ireland uh, but it's an interesting it's an interesting concept obviously um keeping i suppose the interest in hockey going during the off season is always something maybe that there people have always said that maybe is is blacking uh, or maybe has always been maybe something that'd be quite in- interesting to see what happens so here we go three ice hockey league what do you think do you think it's going to be something that will take off do you think it's something that's worth i think it, if, it, if they if they do it if they give it a bit of um how to put it like sort of fanfare yeah um i think it would be uh definitely be something to worth a watch um the I definitely would give it a um a watch. Uh, not just because of uh Bobby, but uh the fact that I love the three on three uh style of hockey whenever you see it in you get it a lot of those mini tournaments and non hockey related, you know. Um it's three on three for the likes of Kevin Smith's uh tournament he goes to and stuff. And yeah. there's one that um Richard Dean Anderson, the MacGyver uh does in colorado and it's three on three and it's just like the you know the arena football um for somebody that's looking for a local analogy where they play the like almost like all-star games in the odyssey and they go around the different arenas and there's a few teams that play out of it it's got a fancy name is it, is it masters masters football masters or something yep. there. um and you know it's um less ice time small smaller pitch but it's got te- guys like I think at that one stage Alan Shearer played for one of them, you know, and they do a bit of a, um, and it's played during the summer whenever the football's uh, not on, um, to keep you know a bit of, a bit of interest going during the the period of the season break. And I think that if they do it right, I think this could be a, another cracker. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely, um, uh, definitely looking, uh, to keep to keep in touch with it. Yeah, we'll have a wee look at it and we'll see how it pans out. Um, it's definitely something to keep keep a wee eye on over the off season. Um, so we will touch upon that again maybe in a future episode. Um, okay, that is us. Um, that is it for this week's period. So that's period three come to an end. Um, we I will touch upon. So we do our next segment is our star segment. Um, normally this is our segment where we we put forward. Um, names and players who deserve a bit of acknowledgement for players and everything else um but we haven't for this episode um instead what we're going to do is we're going to just round off our previous star segment and close off our star segment for this season um and maybe bring it back for in our in our next uh next in at the start of next season um but to round off our segment our, our stars um our previous poll which um was put up yesterday um apologies um obviously a lot of stuff going on um personally um at the moment so we haven't had a chance to get it up so we did put it up um as of our last recording there was a number of um we had three nominations for our stars we had two fan nominations and we also had a nomination from dave uh the first (laughs) fan nomination uh came in the form of scott conway um that i know that campbell put his name forward for scott conway um, and i think i also put forward scott conway we also have ran hartman who was dave's selection for last uh last episode and tyler beskarani um was also put forward by uh two or three different um fans including i think uh joe mark 
and I think then Dave or John and Aaron also agreed with Taylor Baskerwani as well for their choice uh, with 57% of the poll 57% of the votes uh, Scott Conway has won this week this last uh, star segment for this season um, for obviously for his that was his performances um, at the end of the league's the league running um, and I think that challenge cup as well um, so Tyler just getting beaten just just outside of that um Taylor came second with 29% of the vote and then Ryan Hartman uh, was the third choice with 14% of the vote 14 I didn't even vote in that myself I there came for that so it go. wasn't even me somebody so else agreed with me that's amazing that's where our star segment fell for the last episode um as i mentioned we will bring we will we will maybe bring back the star segment next season um but uh we always do during our off season we always do meet up to see if there's anything we want to change and freshen up so we star segment may change or may may not come back but we'll see we will see um we will we'll put it to uh, uh, we'll put it to vote within the the board um during the off season <laughs> and, our, and our agm our agm that doesn't happen in a pub it it doesn't and uh, probably won't. it probably won't this year either but there we go um okay with that what we'll do then is we will move on to our last segment for this episode which is our overtime segment um our overtime segment is just um to cover off any questions maybe that have come in from from yourselves from any of the fans um just to kind of have a, a bit of a brief conversation about the first question i wanted to bring up dave um maybe we can have a bit of a chat about this and i apologize for whoever it was to put this uh, question through i went back through our account and i can't find who put the question in um so i apologize if this was you um really do apologize can't find it uh, the question came in was guys now that dust has settled after the playoff final weekend do you feel that there's any lessons that the league will take from the attendance numbers etc following what can only be described as poor uh attendance and it did say in brackets no factual numbers can actually be found uh, I guess I'm going to agree with this person. I look to see, and I don't. I doubt the Elite League will put out an, um, an official no, thing to say this. Um, you know, if it was a if it was sellout, they would have said, um, you know, in attendance tonight was five thousand six hundred. You know, they would do it, but obviously yeah. this this weekend they obviously didn't for a number of different reasons. Um, now I don't know if there's any truth to the rumors. Um, again, we weren't there, so we don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to the rumors that people were asked to move seats lower down. Uh, especially in two areas where, that are were covered by the cameras, the the Premier Sports cameras. I don't know. They if did that move, but the cameras were pointing. I noticed um, um, during the um, the Dundee game, it started pointing one direction, and as the game went on, it suddenly ended up pointing at the Dundee fans because there was an awful lot of them. Um, so. I mean, Dave, I just want to get your thoughts. I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about it, you know, John, you know, put out a, became slightly obsessed with the, the seating chart in the scene. Um, so there's a different number, there's a number of those put out, but it was, I mean, you know, we say he got obsessed, we jokingly say he got obsessed with it, but fair, fair play to him, you know, he did a bit of research, he was, he put together those seating charts and he put them out and people, you know, got you know people interacted with them you know people interacted with that with the with the you know the posts and stuff and people shared them and give their own thoughts on it i mean what's your thoughts do you think i mean in terms of you know we we do see that it's clearly no matter what we there's no argument you cannot argue the fact that tenants was dying um it was yep. not a sellout tenants was poor you could see it in the photographs that were coming out from the weekend in terms of you could see the big empty seats you could see the seat areas that were covered off in black because this areas didn't sell i mean what's your take do you think that, i mean the elite league really was, really learn there's a lot of stuff that was done wrong um and we know that we talked about it pricing no concession tickets um not selling only selling weekend tickets from the start and not selling and leaving the 
single days to the end, not offering single game tickets. Um, so there was a lot of um, missed opportunities and mistakes. So um, I'll give you, I'll tell you a story. Um, so a friend who I work with, um, he is uh, new to hockey. He, he used to, he went to the Giants early on when they were brand new. He's now got two twin girls and took them to their first proper games. Um, the playoff, uh, the playoff game against the last non-competitive game. You know, the last league game. Yep. Um, we took them to, and they had a ball. They had a great time. They they loved it, and they took a friend and and all this. And he was hooked, and he was like, right, what's the next one? And I went to him like, look, it's the playoffs, but it's you missed it. You know, you just missed it. So the next option is the only option is away in Nottingham. And he was literally, he literally turned around and says, oh, well, well much would the ticket be? And I had to go to him. Like, if you were taking your kids, it just wouldn't be affordable. What was it? A hundred and something? 110, 115 pounds yeah, per ticket. Uh, and he was willing to shell out for the flights. He was willing to shell out for the apartment because at least he could make a weekend of it. Um, but he just was not willing to shell that out for a child's ticket. Um, he could under he could almost have justified it for himself, but not for for a child's ticket, um, and that just soured for him a bit. You know, he's like, oh no, um, and the same goes even for ourselves. We were looking at it, and I know it was a bit of tongue in cheek, but I couldn't justify right. I I really want to see Metallica play in concert. Right, this is just a bit of an off tangent one, but the last time they were in Belfast, it was a hundred pound a ticket. And I refused. I refused point blankly. A hundred pound ticket for to stand and listen to yes, to playing live, but listen to a band that I could stick a CD on and put it up really loud and pretend I'm there. Um, I done. I paid fourteen ninety nine and watched the game in my, my living room. You know, I I could I could justify paying fifty, sixty, eighty, um, ninety, but as soon as you break that hundred, mm. you're you're starting to get a bit of you know piss take. Like I paid ten dollars. To go see um, the Wild play um, the uh, New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden, ten dollars. Yep. You know that puts it in perspective. You know, um, yes, okay, it wasn't a final game and all that jazz, but it was a competitive game. It was league play, um, and it was um, it was a great game to be fair. But uh, it was also a sellout crowd for a, a non-competitive league game against the Minnesota Wild in a year where Minnesota wasn't very good and they sold out the garden um, you know and that's the the league have it about face I think um, there's the, the like the drop another analogy or another saying you know build it and they'll come you know if you if you give a, a quality product at a reasonable price people go watch it yeah um, we done it with the Continental Cup for years um the giants did it with the continental cup and brought the fans in sold those games out um, we did it with the world championships we did it with the challenge cup final um you know the it was it's one of those those things the you know if they had offered 80 90 quid with a 45 pound uh concession mm-hmm. i guarantee they would have had a lot more attendees would they have made more money? That's a different story. I would say they probably still made quite a bit of money this year. And that's the truth in it. How much are they lately going to change when it's profitable? Yeah. Yep. Um, so they had uh, big sponsorship. Well, big sponsorship, yeah, from the um, Premier Sport. 
this is money injection and they say they got 50% capacity at double the price so they still made the same they still made the money it's a good point it is a good point um, i mean they're... and people will th- feel like they missed out this year because of the price and how many of them will pay next year um i think you'll see that increase i i would agree um in some ways i think you're right i think the elite league won't really they'll they'll, they'll i think my 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 personal take on it is that they the elite league will probably maybe think around like okay we have to t- we're we've committed to this price we've seen that they committed to the price because uh, you know if they if they had a, at the last minute decided like right okay we're we're really struggling we really don't want it to look like the way it's going to look let's quickly discount tickets for the final game obviously they couldn't do it because obviously they'd sold the tickets at a full yeah. price to so many people so they couldn't do it but my my take on it is that the they're not they're not gonna they're they're, they're businessmen at the end of the day and i think what they're gonna yeah. think of right okay let's take let's take the hit in the first year okay let's put the price up it's a risk let's put the price up let's take the hit in the first year but we know that the as you've mentioned there already dave we know that the the want and the the, the there's a crowd there who are going to come and if we yeah. if we were if we were if we weigh up the fact that like if we keep it at the same price in the second year coming people are going to realize what they've missed and are going to pay that money for the next year around now there's a couple if, of things sorry dave go ahead if, if next year um this is the thing that i think they'll do next year i think what they'll do is they'll keep it the same price they'll offer a concession for um oaps um children maybe veterans um, because i know nottingham uh, do a thing on veterans so they'll do that but they'll be able to make a fanfare about it Mm. playoff price frozen you know discounted children's entry you know they'll be able to make it yeah look like they are out for the wee man yeah you know, and they were listening uh, and everything else yeah you know and that'll be the the, the big thing because they'll be able to say oh when this with all the prices going up we have freeze froze the price of the uh playoff final ticket you know people have short memories they forget they hiked it up the year before so they're yeah. not really freezing it they're just probably keeping it with inflation um after that hike so it's i think that's what they'll do um i think they'll have learned the lesson for the concession um, and they'll bring the concession back in, um, and then they'll uh, they'll just keep the, the overall price the same. What was interesting was um, I seen a couple of comments coming out again. I don't know if any of it's true. I don't know if it's tr- I don't know if this is a true story or not. I don't know, but I read somewhere um, that they, well, obviously they changed the the date of the they had to change the date of the playoff weekend. This is the- um, yeah, that there was a game. There was a game. <laughs> yeah, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, he had a concert on on the Saturday night in the in the NIC or National Ice Hockey. No, in the arena. Metro What's called? Met- yeah, Metro Point, whatever. Um, supposedly, he had a gig on. He was supposed to have a concert on on the month on the Saturday night, and whenever they changed the dates, they had to pay him off in order to. I don't know if there's any truth in that. Like, I love. Like, do you know what? If they were, if they, if they lately came out and said, "Look, you know, we're going to be honest. COVID hit." because of covid we had to put the date back because obviously you know we had to extend it because we couldn't fit in all the dates fine we understand that we know what the reason why you changed the dates because obviously we had to fit in because obviously everything else was going on covid i accept that if they were to turn around and go look hands up we had to up the price because we had to sit we had to buy off someone else because we had to get rid of <laughs> andrea from the arena we had to say no to him we had to pay off the, the gig that he was kick doing. his orchestra yeah we had to yeah we had to get them to go like if they had have said openly said yeah we have to we have to because because hockey's taking priority, we're telling someone else to sling their hook in yeah, the camp play here. Yeah, how many times it happened the other way around? Uh, yeah, exactly. 
yeah okay yeah 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 and if they had have been open and transparent about it then i think people may have been like okay right i understand yeah. why the price then, is the way it is but then again that doesn't really excuse it doesn't excuse why they didn't think about the concession yeah. prices and everything else yeah and then why um yeah, because then we'll I suppose we'll find that out at the end of the year or the end of the end of next season. If the prices are still the same, then mm-hmm. that's obviously just a a way to make money. But uh, uh, we've talked about this before. I think about the fact that you know the the hockey fans are relatively open, and if you tell them something, they'll generally take it on the chin um, when it comes to stuff like this. I can't remember. What, oh, it was the Giants um, yeah. about the Challenge Cup final. Yep. Um, if the the, the sort of change in the wording of the season ticket. Yep. Um, if you just tell people, they, they generally are right. You know, yep. Yes, they'll complain, but they're going to complain just as well if you don't. Um, well, actually, that takes me into, that's a, that's a good uh, segue because obviously we're talking about communication. We're talking about the fact that like as a, as a fan base, you know, you do, you do prefer communication coming from your team. And that, I think that's, I think we can all agree. And I think we, we're not talking in turn by saying that I think all fans from right across the league, no matter what team you're from, we, it's not that we we believe that we we feel that we need a certain level of communication to come out. We don't, I don't think we 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 understand that we get communication when it's important, but sometimes we do have an argument where maybe there's not we feel as fans and maybe we're not maybe we're not privy to it. Maybe that's just that's just what it is. I think we're maybe maybe some fans like maybe we feel maybe we're over we feel that we're over entitled. I don't I don't know what it is, but. I think um, some fans will argue that sometimes communication isn't strong enough or doesn't come out very well in terms of, you know, whenever it comes to the communication. Like, you know, if you communicate with the fans, the fans, as you mentioned, are more than likely going to accept it a bit more and at least it's a bit of an understanding. But it's whenever the teams don't really communicate it very well or put out part communication is when things maybe kind of go to... No, I... Go to... Um, 100%, yeah. yeah. Um, so, obviously, we're going to talk about a piece, but I have another a piece, because we're not talking about it with season tickets, but we're, I have a piece, actually, on season tickets that I would like to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I plan... So, I got my season ticket this year. Woohoo! Season ticket holder again. Yep, me too. And I had planned to buy mine outright. £400 or whatever it was. I was planning to buy it outright, because uh, I had the money for a change. I don't yep. normally have the money, but I had the money there, and I, I thought, right, I'll get rid of it. Don't have to worry about another payment every month. There was no option. Which is funny no because a lot of people was the opposite way around where there some people ended up paying the full amount by mistake because there was no option for the other way around at one point. There's been a bit of a, as you mentioned, Dave, like, I mean, let's, let's, ha- let's talk about the season tickets. Um, it was another another thing that came up and another question that came out in relation to the season tickets in, ter- in terms of, you know, um, I understand and I completely fully accept that, you know, season tickets, whenever the season ticket are launched, season tickets are, are put out there. I'm sure it's a busy time of the year for the teams, you know, finishing off the, the completing the, the last season, completing the, the current, you know, competitive season, looking towards the next season and you launch your season ticket prior to the season end and to kind of draw a bit of, you know, interest through the, the end of the season, get people to kind of join into it. <clears throat> so they try to encourage people who are already season ticket holders to renew their season tickets and then they open up the season tickets then for people to return the season tickets or new season ticket holders, which we're now down as new season ticket holders because we're we're not back. We're just we're new season ticket holders. We're just new because yeah. we took a year out. Um, but this year has been an interesting one, just from a Belfast Giants point of view, and I can only speak from uh, from from these fans' point of view. And a few things that I've reading and a few a few comments being put out there. The Giants obviously put out a a, a release and they've done it in stages. Where the first stage was, they put out renewal season tickets straight, just an easy straight renewal of your season ticket. Deadline finishing 
blah 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 second week of april whatever it might have been and that was all straightforward enough seemed straightforward enough people were going in renewing their season tickets there's a few issues around what you've mentioned there dave in relation to kind of those payment schemes and a few other bits yeah. and pieces were double up of payments and everything else and there was a bit of difficulty some people i've been reading have been having really great difficulty trying to get in touch with the admin teams and stuff to try and get refunds now it's funny because today on twitter on today on social medias i've seen people arguing both ways i've seen some people saying oh it was so easy for me it was so easy it was done so quickly and then others people saying well that was your experience but my experience has been i'm waiting five days now for a refund on something and i haven't got it you know and there's, there's a few issues around that uh, i'm i'm waiting when did we renew ye monday no so monday waiting... first the first so monday yeah four days i haven't had a response yeah so again i want to know i want to know can i still pay the lump sum and then get off the plan because i still have the money there yep. but uh, if i was to pay it in full at the minute i would pay the full payment plan right amount which is it's only 20 pound more well, it's only 20 pounds 20 pound but it's different it's, it's, it's a couple of nights it's a couple of pints of the game you know yeah yeah um and uh would rather not have it go yeah. there if i can save it you know <laughs> So that was the first thing. So obviously that seemed like it was straightforward enough. The second part then came where it became a bit more difficult. And this is the bit where I was kind of an interesting one. And also because it's it, it started a question for us as well here as as a, like on our group chat and stuff. Because the wording that was put out by the Belfast Giants as well in certain parts kind of led us into thinking, what does that mean for the future of fans in the league? Or sorry, in the arena. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they, they then put out a statement to say that after the initial renewal of your season ticket they will open up a period of about two weeks or so where you yeah. could uh you can change your you can swap your seat so yeah. you'll renew your seat you renew your normal seat but then you can swap it for another seat or another area within the arena and from what my what i was what my understanding was and i'm going to put out here and just clearly state from the start we are not affiliated with um Bimarang corner and um, we yeah. are not we don't sit in Bimarang corner we have no affiliation with Bimarang corner we know people in Bimarang Corner. We, you know, we would we, we we chat with them at the games. We know a few of the you know the people who are who are up there, and you know, yeah, we're impartial when we're it impartial. comes to those yeah. guys. We're they're all great crack, and we all have yeah. we have a drink with them, but we exactly. have a drink with anybody in the room. Yeah, and so, but my thing <laughs> came if in. They're willing to pay. My thing came in in the form of BC in terms of that uh, that side of the arena. Shall we talk about? Shall we say? And that fan zone area. Um. So whenever the season, whenever they put the season tickets out, and they said about this, moving your seats, they then put out a kind of a, a vague. The Giants kind of the organization kind of put out this vague statement to pieces kind of say uh that the boomerang corner as of next year will be a seated a seated uh a pay like a, a general release area yeah. i.e what they're trying to do was they were trying to encourage anybody who regularly set in boomerang corner to move their season tickets from say if they set in north stand to move their season ticket from the north stand over to boomerang corner and therefore would create you know, so that therefore they could free up those seats in other parts of the arena so that they could sell them during busy games. Um, and that was my understanding of it. And I kind of like, okay, well, I can see what they're going with. But there was a whole big thing around, you know, that they, I think there was a, um, a, a an initial thing to say that actually the boomer, the guys who were sitting up there would actually just be buying a season ticket for a general sale in Boomerang Corner, i.e. they wouldn't be picking a specific seat. So it would just be like, you pay, you pay for your season ticket and it's just boomerang corner and you can just go up there and sit wherever you want but then i think it turned into you have to choose a specific seat in the boomerang corner um but then that meant that they were releasing tickets for sale at the for for the rest of it so that small section just underneath the screen um down to the the disabled seating area that's what they're classifying as boomerang corner in the fan zone area and that's the seats that you could 
book in terms of your season ticket anything down below that will now go on general sale as of starting from the start of the season i mean your take on it i mean does that i mean is that was that your your take on that in terms of what the giants have put out yeah and and it was all a bit wishy-washy um the I, I can 100. This is just to do devil's advocate. I can 100 understand why the Giants are doing it, and I've talked about it before, and um, when the Giants have had to put Boomerang on general sale, and it's so they can better facilitate large groups. Um, and this year wasn't too bad because of COVID. There wasn't as many large groups willing to to go to the arena, um, but because there's these desperate season ticket holders, um, that are dotted all around, and there's empty seats. It means you can't stick a group there. Yeah. Um. And I know if the, the the season ticket was sitting there, then that would be you know blah blah. Um, I can understand the reason. It's not probably enough to lose the atmosphere that Boomerang generates. Um. But that's a different topic than yep. this the seats. Yeah. Um. The, the. Having to make them move though, to their seats up there. I always a bit was a bit wary because I think the reason Boomerang works is because it's um, a non... Yes, okay, the same people usually are up there all the time, but you do get people float in, float out. We do it if our, if like we couldn't get seats together. Sometimes we would just go up because it's, it's available. Um, and you have a bit of banter, um, you know, and that means that it keeps that openness um, and you don't get a sort of a toxic click you don't get this you know, sort of we're the real fans because we mm. sit here yeah yeah um you know with boomerang being a free and open area no one can claim ownership to it yeah we're now that they're going to be seated and have literally go so that someone could go up and go that's my seat yep um and you know you're going oh what's boomerang they go no no that's my seat you know, and they can literally say Bob and names on it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and it's it's a different uh, could cause animosity. Now, again, this is all hyperbole. Yeah, it could be it could turn out to be fine. All the guys, uh, all the core guys in Boomerang, could get their seats up there and get them. Uh, basically, they sell out that area, and they might be willing to welcome other people. Um, when it's because it's over capacity most of the time. Um, to to come join them. But that only works if it's uh, that group of people manage to get every single seat. As soon as yep. you get one person that has a seat there and they're like, what the hell's going on here? Or if one seat's empty and one randomer comes up for his first game and gets plonked there and they're going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that was my take on it. My take was the fact that they're, if they're going to release it for general release, like, let's be honest, like, I, I suppose let's, let's look at it from a, you know, let's look at it realistically. I mean, there's only, there's only maybe five or six games this season where it was so like it was it was only five or six games this season where you could say it was maybe like a, a close to sellout in terms of that those section yeah. were those sections were needed because and they needed to free up more seats um you know we look at the challenge cup final we look at the final two games of the season we look at you know those sorts of ones yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say it, but yeah um <laughs> but you know you so you, you look at that from that point if you mean it's it's a very, relatively small amount number of games that we're talking about that they're going to need those seats you know freed up for um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that does pan out next season in terms of, you know, in, ter- in terms of does it does it have an impact? I suppose my take on it is, are they freeing up that area so that maybe they are going to maybe put more groups over that area, you know, so the, those school groups, the you know, so because we know that the school groups create a lot of noise. Like, that's not, that's not, we do know yeah. that. The, oh, yeah. the, the scout groups, the, the BBE groups, the, you know, 
the schools, the schools they, they come along and they make they make noise and and they make noise throughout the entire game yeah and even counting silly things like counting down the clock yeah um it adds a bit of, like when people are thinking oh i'm gonna go run and get a pint here they're still generating you know three two one you know and you know that's that's noise that isn't generated any other place in the arena and i can understand why you might want to put them by boomerang because you end up with this yeah, column yeah. Of yep. solid noise, um, because if you spread it out, sometimes you get that echo and that weird thing going on. Remember when we used to have um, people at the bridge, and then people was it up at the other side of us? Um, used to have a drum, and you yep. used to end up with this like triple drum beat. It's like do 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 do, you know. Um, where whenever it's all up in uh, in boomerang, it's a bit more controlled. I think it goes back to the thing that I've been at. We've all been at, well, me and you at least, but I've been asking for is that if the Giants had a standing section would solve all this. Mm-hmm. You would just have, you know, 40 tickets in the, or I don't know many, 100 tickets for standing in that corner. And that just get your season ticket as a standing season ticket and then go stand there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think didn't Cardiff tried that for a short bit within one of their blocks as well. They tried to stand in section. Yeah. I don't think it worked out the way they wanted it to, but it, it only works it for uh, p- possible sellout games. Yeah, there we go. But we'll see. Um, as we as of as of now, me both me and you will be um yeah returning next season. Um, and a new season ticket holders for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That seems weird. It's, After what fourteen years, new season ticket holders. I know. I think this year actually marks our fifteenth anniversary. I think this year, if I worked Crazy. out correctly, I think it was it works out our fifteenth anniversary. Um. So yay. Um, yay. We'll, ce- we'll celebrate that this season. Um. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Um. That takes us to I'm the sure end. Sure, Boomerang will keep us right on how their feelings were about the season tickets and if it. Uh, if we summed it up right or wrong, or if they have different opinions, I'm sure they can keep us keep us yeah, up to date. Indeed, uh, that takes us to the end of this week's episode. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we will slightly our schedule probably will slightly change um, moving forward. Um, we are at the end of our season um, here in the UK, so we will probably take a short break. Yeah. Uh, maybe just we might have of, shorter wee ones yeah, yeah we we probably will move back down to maybe like just one episode per month so we probably won't be back until the end of um maybe middle of june end of june um and then again in july we'll come back for another episode before ramping up again for the start of the chl um running which will start taking place in august so we'll probably be back to our full two episodes per uh month so every two weeks starting in august again so um as of as of this recording i think the next time we will be getting together will probably be late or middle middle to late june um will be our next episode um but we will keep you informed on our social medias which you can keep up to date with um on all channels twitter facebook and on instagram at door 14 hockey uh check out all of our previous episodes including this episode and and also the content we've talked about will include on our website at door14hockey.com um check out um give us a listen or uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on so be that on um android apple smart speaker whatever that might be give us a uh, thumbs up or a rating or give us a bit of a boost and um, be really gr- gladly accepted and appreciated um and don't forget you can check out our um or, or you can also get our um, episodes on any of your smart devices as well as by asking for the latest episode of door 14 hockey podcast i think that covers everything dave yeah it was a good one good good um with that then what we will do is we will sign off for this week and we will touch base again soon so i'm marty i'm dave have a great summer <laughs>